So, Scott, yeah, what have you been up to? Dude, well, I have been playing a lot of guitar. 2020, obviously, was a thing. Um, but it, it honestly kind of like was, a, you know, want to be sensitive to the fact that it was like a really tough year for a lot of people. Yeah. It was. It's kind of polarizing in that way. Um, at the same time, it it certainly provided some new avenues for me because I wasn't. I don't know. I feel like everybody can at least say that it changed up what you were used to, whether right. that's work or day to day life, and just like you know what your routines are and everything obviously it affected somebody everybody in some way uh so for me it was more on the work side of things because obviously our industry entirely shut down right. so can't go anywhere can't tour you know what are we gonna do and so the band we stayed busy writing stuff which was cool um we put out oh yeah a couple weeks ago um new song coming out this week that we also worked on during quarantine and then we have a few more too so that was all really cool but right at the beginning it was really disorienting it was like what are we gonna do oh no and my friend producer songwriter david leonard hit me up and was like hey um i've got some records that i'm doing that are still gonna go you know like we've already done all the pre-production on them conveniently and we just have to track them and we're gonna still do it even though it's like i mean we'll be safe and stuff but it's like i just do you have like a setup where you can record at home and i was like yes and then i was like now i gotta figure out how to set up some stuff and record it all <laughs> Uh, but, uh, that first record that he asked me to help him out with was, um, uh, I'm getting the order confused here, but I think it was Brandon Lake's album that he did. Mm. So, um, I was in the garage at my house with a laptop and a few microphones and my Benson and just like my touring rig and just like mic'd everything up and I was like I actually did buy like a really big ISO box you know and like it was all padded and it was like over in the corner it was still pretty loud in there and like one of the first days of recording Leah with my wife was like on a walk with the kids and she was like hey we should probably figure out how to turn this down like just a little bit because 10 houses down you can hear <laughs> the what's up my guy you gotta hear um she was like 10 houses down you can hear just shredding and i was like "Mm, it's probably not a good look uh for the neighbors so anyways um i ended up tracking all brandon or not all of it i did the songs david did i think like six or seven songs in my garage and it was like march it was freezing. It was crazy. And 
uh, it went really well. And then we did Josh Baldwin. That's what it was. Cause we did Josh Baldwin's record and it was like the stuff had started to loosen up a little bit, like guideline wise. So we came here over here to the studio. I did some of it at the house and some of it at the studio and just like kind of started getting, you know, more into that world. And, I, you know, I've always done session stuff off and on over the years but traditionally, I've never had like great relationships with producers and all that stuff because I'm kind of like the guy that's always out of town a little bit. Um, because the band has such a schedule with touring, generally, it has always been something that has hindered my like entrance into that world a little bit, which has been totally fine. And it's been like awesome when it did happen, but it hasn't been anything even remotely reliable, you know? Um, so. That started happening. I just, you know, hit up a few people, took some people out to coffee. was like, yo, I'm around if you ever want to work. And started doing a lot of stuff. And it was, it was, has been really amazing. And I went from like a year ago, like barely knowing how to like run logic to like, you know, playing on probably two or three songs a week. So it's just like, been like a really crazy shift for me and i very likely would not have happened uh outside of like some huge like schedule shift like a pandemic <laughs> surely there's a different way that it could have come about but uh but for me it was like okay this is something that I have always aspired to do, like maybe later in life when touring slows down. And, uh, you know, if I still want to make music, this is an avenue I could try to go for, like when I'm old, like 40. Mm -hmm. Real old. <laughs> Real old. Like, <laughs> uh, anyways, and I was just super fortunate for it to, uh, for it to, I don't know, kind of come in the way that it did because. I don't know. I was sort of like, well, I can either sit at home and make another cocktail and sit here and wish that this was all going to come back. You remember this? I don't know if you guys were like traveling at the time, but like, it was like, yeah, two weeks to stop the spread. Yep. Yeah. Remember that? Two weeks. Insane, dude. We are like a year and something later, but I was I was literally like, yeah, I mean, I guess it'll probably be like a couple of weeks. Like, it's kind of nice. Actually, I get to come home, see everybody, relax a little bit. And then it was just like, oh, it's going to push back to August. And I'm like, okay, August, you know, that's like three months. Like, that's going to be pretty crazy. Whenever it finally does come back around, then it was just like, yeah, you guys might not go out next year even. And it was just like, oh, okay, let's do something different. Um, you guys, you guys were on tour and had to cancel your yeah. tour, right? Because I think Kansas City was one of the last shows you played. Yes, it was the second to last show. Okay. As I oh, I think we played Kansas City. We went up to Minneapolis. And then Minneapolis was the day they called us and they were like, yeah, this is uh, this is over. We're going home. Because they were dry, the shows were starting to drop like flies, like right around the time we were in Kansas City. It was like, Hey guys, this coronavirus thing, blah, 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 New York or Washington, D.C. is canceled. Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, interesting. Well, I hate playing in D.C. anyways. So, um, and then they were like, 
yeah, New York is also canceled. And I was like, dang, I'm still going to go hang out a little bit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not thinking, I'm not like totally there yet. I'm just like, oh, that's a bummer. But like, can we still have a day off there? <laughs> you know? right. uh, and then, you know, like two or three more canceled. Not It was starting to get alarming. It was like, okay, hold up. What? And then our agent called and was like, this is happening. Live Nation canceled every show. Like, y'all are playing tonight. And then you're getting on the bus and coming home. And we were just like, whoa. And then it was strange because we were so far away in Minneapolis, Minneapolis, that we couldn't get home in one bus drive. So we had to go to Chicago and just sit for a day. And that was extremely disorienting because it was like, we're supposed to be playing a show today. The entire nation is shutting down and I'm just in Chicago on a tour bus and I can't go anywhere. Right. And it was just like, what's happening? And everybody, you know, like, yeah, we had like a 10 people on the bus, like, and everybody's kind of like hanging out, but also like what's happening? Like uh, as a group, it was just really, really strange. That was like one of the strangest wake ups ever. Socially distance on a tour bus either. No, <laughs> there's no. no, no, no. <laughs> Dude, there wasn't. There wasn't even the word socially distance yet. This was yeah, like, on, this was like 4 a.m. on coronavirus day. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like nobody. It was like we hadn't woken up to it yet. Right. But anyways, very strange. That was probably the longest answer to a question. No, it's a good answer. I, I have a question. Uh, uh, when, because you were doing all this live stuff and now you moved into doing a bunch of sessions over the last year and you're engineering it yourself, which is different than being able to just Certainly. be in guitar world and have someone else doing all that stuff for you. Did you even have like a studio set up before all this? You started doing sessions. Did you have to go get an interface and pre's and like okay. all that stuff? I had, so I've done some writing. So I had like an Apogee duet, like two channels. And I was like, that's cool. And I just use regular, I just use like a 57 and like a biodynamic M88, which is what I use on the road. And I just put those up and I had some really terrible monitors, like some M audios or something. And um and then yeah so i had i got all that set up but and at the time i had actually what's really interesting too is i i didn't for a long time i didn't have a computer that would like do it i got really discouraged because i like my my computer was like a few years old and it just like wouldn't keep up which is really interesting and then uh, there were a handful of extremely kind and generous folks uh i believe dave brown was one of them that uh, was gathered together by a friend of mine who contributed some dollars and gave, like ended up buying me this computer, which was crazy. This also is unattached. This, this conveniently happened about a month before coronavirus started, right. which is extremely strange. Uh, so I was the, talking to him about that in, the, in Kansas City at the show you guys were doing here. Which is, that that honestly is like, it's by far one of the kindest and most generous things anybody's done for me. And the timing of it is just absolutely absurd. 
because like had that not happened well i mean i would have had to just buy myself a really expensive computer once all this work started coming in which was crazy but i was just kind of like really inspired and like kind of ready to go because of it and it was like yeah like literally i think one of the first weeks of quarantine is when my computer shipped and i was just like this is insane <laughs> and uh and so anyways i got that and i was all set up and like i said i've done some writing and some stuff so i had like logic and that um but then i just slowly started having to like piece it all together because i was i was very like raw recording these guitar tracks you know what i mean i was like i wasn't on the console app i had or anything like i had no outboard gear i'm just going duet with mics and pedals and stuff into my doll and then you know making sure i don't blow it up and then trying to like do some comp and some stuff on the back end to make it sound like good which I honestly, I listened back to some of those tracks and I'm like, I stand by that. Sounds good. It's kind of amazing what you can accomplish. Now, obviously there's like the, the 20% that makes it like way more exciting and professional. But and just that. the sprinkle, that last little 10%. Yeah, I mean, you know. The topping. Um, and so I've ventured into that land now that I've been doing it more and more. I've just been kind of, and you know, I mean, gosh, I've seen your studio. It's freaking sick, but it's like, it's just like <laughs> the amount of stuff that you could just like get is insane. And, and I've had to like totally pace myself because I'm just like, Yes, I need that freaking Shadow Hills compressor. I need it so bad. You do, you know I mean? you do need that. <laughs> um, so right now I uh, I'm just doing my Benson, and I got a Universal Audio Aux uh, a while back that I love. It's yeah, uh, one of the most useful things. And so I've got a I can run a mic now with that, or my mic set up with that. I can also take the lines in. Um, and then I'm on Universal Audio, so I've got all the console stuff. And then I run like my two main guitar lines into the just some a pair of five twelves, which are kind of the the jam, dude. It leveled up so hard when I started doing that too. I was just like, oh, there it is. My they goodness. were like within literally like thirty seconds. I just plugged the mics in, and I was just like. Yep, that sounds about 10 times better. API is but a vibe. It is for sure. So I got my little lunchbox here that is just, you know, I got a little little like Poltec style EQ in there and like a actually one of the um, one of the JHS uh 500 series, the Emperor Chorus. Mm -hmm. The 500 series of that is sick. I use it all the time. I use it on bass a lot. Like, do you have one or do you have two of them? Like, do you have two? Yeah, they're awesome. I think I have a couple of them. Can you do can you do stereo with two? Is that what you're saying now? Yeah, that's yeah. I was doing that. Or like throwing them on Junos and stuff. All that too is really. Oh, that's so good. I bet. Yeah, I just I love how easy it is because I just have it. I have it like in my third slot on there, and so my first 
channel, my first 512 channel runs over to it. And then you can just engage it or disengage it with that switch. And so it's so easy. It's just literally like turning on your chorus pedal. Uh, but all the time, whenever I'm doing bass and stuff, which I've ended up doing a lot, tracking a lot of bass, which is really fun, especially on like more pop kind of things, straight into the API, flip on the chorus with the bass, and you're just like freaking grooving, and you're just running it straight into those things. No pedals necessary. I do, um, I do love some bass chorus. I wouldn't, I don't normally admit it, but I feel like I put it on almost all the time. Some type yeah. of drive a little bit and then some, it's some so nice. it change it changes the bass game for me. I don't know why, but the more you listen to it with the more I listen to music, any like cool bass line in a pop song, it always has chorus on it. There's never a dry one. Hmm. And I, so I'm just like, oh, I should do that too. I feel like it makes you can hear the notes of the bass more. I think yeah, is why you know what I mean? Like the tonal stuff, it somehow yeah. makes it pop. That's awesome. I agree. Um, so yes, it has been painstaking. The uh, amount of YouTube videos I've watched, the amount of like UA stuff that I've read, like the amount of questions I've asked our main engineer, Brad King here, like has been absurd. You know, just trying to make it sound good. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like an hour to track the guitar. And then I have to spend two hours watching YouTube videos to get it to actually what I need to do. Oh, dude, you're so right. And there's not, and there's like tracking yourself too is just a situation. Cause you know, like you are totally in the part writing mindset. You're just like, all right, okay. I'm focused on like the part being right, feeling good with the other like chords and things that are being played in the song. Also playing it in time, which is, you know, recording yourself is the true rubric of like how good you are <laughs> because you're sitting there and you're just like, I hear this part and it's awesome. And then you play it. And the amount of times that I've played it and been like, yeah, I'm going to listen back. And I like listen back and I'm just like, that sucks. Literally, that does not sound anything like what I thought it sounded like. I'm late. Uh, I'm like inconsistently late. Like every now and then I'll be on and then I'll be way late and I'll just be like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Um, I was going to ask you about that because I that's hard for me all the time because you're like wrestling between being producer and then kind of engineer. So there has to be some level of quality control. Like you have to be paying attention, making sure. But then you're trying to jump in to be a guitar player and then I'm just ADD, like looking like I'm not, or I do a great take and then I look and realize I had only hit play and not record. And then you're like, I literally was a no one else here. That was one of the hardest like real uh, realizations. It's just like the the workflow of tracking yourself is because now whenever I go and I do a session where I'm just playing, I'm just like I did that whole song, like all the leads, all the rhythms, all the layers and stuff. That was like two hours, two three hours, and I'm just done. You just pack up and you leave, and you're just like yes. And then I'll come in here and I'll be like, yeah, I should be able to get you that by lunchtime. And I'm like, what am I thinking? There's no way I can get you that by lunchtime. It's like 5 p.m. and I'm scrambling. You know what I mean? Like, it takes so long because you're like, yeah, oh, I just played the best take and I forgot to record. So, <laughs> or like, I wasn't paying attention to my, you know, my in, 
bio over here and I freaking blew it up and I peaked or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's so annoying. What's up? It makes the sessions really nice when there is a producer. It's kind of like in relation, they're not stressful at all now because there's someone else quality control and I can just play and they'll tell me if it's good or not. And you don't get stuck in the loop where you, is this good? Is it not good? You talk to yourself. I don't know if this is good. You're having to self-produce the whole time. You're like, yeah, it's so awesome. Whenever I play something that I'm like, okay, is that like risky and cool? Or is that just like not a vibe? And it's like so nice to have someone being like, yeah, I don't like that. Or dude, hey, that's a really great part. Let's let's go and get that track and then move on. And I'm like, I think I can play it a little bit better. And I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you don't have that person whenever you're in there by yourself. Yeah, but, it's yeah. a mental, it's such a headspace and it costs so much more time. I was working on something uh, that I was doing and I did a guitar solo for it. I just showed up, I did like a take and I was sitting in the control room. I was like, no, man, I can get it better. And Jared, the, the producer, was like, man, I think it's fine. Like, it was good. And six hours later, I think Ben was there, actually. I came out of the room and I said, well, just use the first one. It's fine. <laughs> like, you have to, you wasted half your day. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> no, I, I don't know why I do this. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, dude, you're right. It's a thing. Oh, what are you guys doing? What's that? You guys been building some pedals? Man, we're just trying to keep up. It's we're so yeah. far backordered, it's absurd. And then we're trying to design and develop new stuff. So it's a bit crazy. That. Well, that's what happens when you make amazing things. I mean, that's what they tell me. Like this. What have you been using that for lately? I this is the brown amplification T4. Indeed it is. As you know. But we just put out a song called Oh Yeah. Colony and House, in case somehow you're watching this or listening to this and you don't know. Yes, we just put out a song called Oh Yeah. And it features two, two bass riffs happening at the same time. And I play the higher bass part. And I've been using T4 fuzz on my bass. Uh, and actually through my guitar amp live which is pretty cool. Um, you know, I texted Chris Benson from Benson Amps and I was like, hey, is this going to like blow up my speaker or anything? <laughs> and he was like, probably not. Probably and not. I, Maybe. And I was like, okay, cool. It's high. So I can't imagine that it would because it's higher. If it was like real low all the time, probably wear it out. I mean, if you were running real loud and clipping real hard, you might... You might blow up your speaker. Yeah. That'd be honestly kind of cool if I did. Yeah. Just maybe carry a spare. That would be yeah, a very good. rock and roll moment to actually <laughs> blow the speaker. <laughs> but yeah, there's so much headroom on those big Benson cabs. I don't, I'm not super worried about it. Yeah. But anyways, T4, man, it is absolutely the vibe. So glad to hear that you're loving it. Oh, yeah. You guys make stuff that is so, like, uh, it is obviously made by people who play and have real needs. Like, I got a protein. I'm not going to say that I was, like, ahead of the game or anything, but I certainly had one way before about 
a thousand other people had one. Mm -hmm. And or like 3,000 other people had them. Yeah, you're right. Dang, that's tight that you've sold that many. <laughs> um, but I, I was, I just, I related so much to the ethos behind the pedal, which as I recall, Dave, Dave was explaining to me was Adam had been talking about like going into backline situations and having like terrible amps and just being like, ah, like I'm playing another hot rod deluxe. Like, how am I going to make this thing sound good? <laughs> and uh, just needing to have like basically a dual drive that you could work off of when you're in that sort of situation to give you some sort of like preamp awesomeness and kind of transformed like a flat bland amp into something that was like really usable. And I was just like, so relatable. Give me one of those right now. Cause dude, just the, uh, for everybody who travels and plays music or not, whatever, uh, the backline amp situation or the like, Hey, yeah, you can use my amp situation. And you're like, well, I don't really want to take mine. So cool. And then you show up and you're just like, oops, this is what we're working with here. There is, there is nothing like that feeling and to have a tool that can fix that is really nice that's honestly one of the main reasons that i keep mine on there because it is just such a nice safety measure it also sounds real nice with the benson Love oh yeah, it. Oh, yeah. Which, which benson are you running i've got the chimera i think is how you say it i wow. think that's for how you say i've wondered i've read that so many times and i don't want to talk about it because i don't know how to say it i don't want to look i'm like chimera see i'm chimera? the same okay because it basically has the word chime chime in it and so i'm like is it chimera because I'm it's, sure like, it's chimichanga 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 oh, chimichanga where'd you get that how much was it how long did you have to be on the wait list do the people on this podcast know that Dave Brown also makes guitars, not just pedals? We don't really want him to know that because it's so it's such a small scale that I'm able to produce them that I'm trying not to really increase demand at all. Okay. I'm pretty sure me and Adam, between the two of us, possess the lion's share of all brown electric guitars. Actually, how many brown guitars exist? There's not that many. Less less than how many, how many? How many have you sent to someone that is not like a friend? That's not me, Adam, or Cassie. <laughs> That's true. Probably fifteen. Fifteen, dude. One day those things are going to be worth ten G's. I'm that is the way to do it. All these guys. Them all back then. <laughs> that would be like, like I'm going to sell it to you for this, but I want a percentage of the. Of the oh yeah, of the value. <laughs> I did buy one of my amplifiers back recently. Why? I had a guy who hit me up who uh, had bought a stereo pair. I built him a pair of amplifiers, and he was going to sell one, and wanted me to help him sell it. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I just buy it? Because he was like, I think you know, I think it's going to be a real hot commodity and whatever. And I was like, you're going to have to answer so many questions because nobody knows what this is. And I'm going to have to answer so many questions. And I don't actually own one of these amps that I built, you know, 
10 or 12 up. And I'd really like to have one. So why don't you just sell it to me? That is amazing. Is that the same one you What's that? Is that the same one you built for Steven? Yes. That the super clean. Super the same one I same one that Steven has. It's called super clean? Yeah. Super. Super. I mean, I don't know if that's actually what you got. Yeah, that's what I actually call it. Super clean. It doesn't say that anywhere on the amp, but that's such a good amp name, dude. The super clean. Wow, there's a sad. You know what happened to a couple of those? It makes me really sad. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, yeah. I do know what happened. <laughs> there was a church that had several of these much. amps, and uh, at some point they switched and started using other amps. And new management came in, and they needed new tubes and whatever, and somebody put them in a dumpster. And it was found out later where, hey, where did those go? And somebody said, oh, we were cleaning out. We threw those away. Because I wanted them. I said, if we're not going to use them, I'll literally take them. And then they were like, well, I think they were broken. They didn't power. I'm like, it's they, they were like, They were broken. <laughs> so, you know, power tube goes and it blows a fuse and then the light doesn't come on anymore. So they, they got tossed. Rest in peace. Yeah, you spend like literally five minutes and five dollars and you can fix that that's yeah so... i would have fixed them for free oh my gosh it's so terrible yeah i mean I, there's real issues in the world poverty hunger but certain things like that still really hit my soul very hard <laughs> there, there, was, there was two of them too it speaks to a much larger issue for sure it's it's like what about what what about that scenario makes you want to totally escape and not put in the work? Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been using this Benson and then one of those um, Chris Stapleton hand-wired Princetons. You oh, played I saw about those the other day. I got all excited about it. He actually has an original one of those, that mm. model Princeton. What year is it? I always forget. Is it 50s 60s i feel like it's early 60s the brown face that's so cool his is all like the tolex is all ripped off and it got some water damage and it's all rusted it's one of the coolest looking amps you've ever seen 19 i think it's a 62 yeah i don't would love one i just gotta get one one day they just sound great all the time yeah, and they're not picky with where you put a mic. I feel like, and they're not so loud that the neighbors will murder you or yeah, other people in the loud. studio. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's so nice. I I do use this um, a good bit. That little silver tone. Kind of like all in a all in a little line over there, and I can just change the speaker cable out in the back. Um, and I had that one. I had that one modded by a guy here in Nashville to put a a uh, speaker cable on it uh oh that way i could change that well i wanted to take it out on the road and i took it to this guy and he was like this you know these are kind of like i recorded our entire second record for the most part on this silver tone and my matchless uh spitfire that i had at the time i was using them both and i was like um you know this is such a cool sound it's like such a like contrasted like mm -hmm. super bright chimey no low end super like gushy and compressed and no top end kind of just like a sandwich and um so i did that for a while and now 
I really sounded awesome on a record we did our our whole second record that was pretty much my setup and so I wanted to take the same thing out on the road and I but I was like I need to get this amp modded and it had a rip in the speaker and I was like I want to like I really want to use this speak like not as a as a head so to speak I'd love to use it as like a combo and so I hadn't rebuild the cone and put like a new like it's the same speaker but he like rebuilt the cone or something in it mm -hmm. like with the old spec alnico or whatever <laughs> anyways so it's still got the original speaker in it and got it all like went went through it all this guy here in nashville and it's pretty sick i even had i had him try to like hype it up a little bit so it was like could get a little bit more like brightness out of it still have to turn the tone knob all the way up yeah. but it sounds so cool especially like in studio land where you can just like push it through an eq and like trim it up a little bit it sounds so good i love it's those amps all the stuff that you want out of a good overdrive pedal without having to like compress it and do all that stuff it kind of does it by itself somehow it's just so nice yeah Little amps that you can turn up all the way are really fun. I was going to ask, I've never had, do you just turn it up? Do you leave it like volume on 10 and just. I do a lot of times. I mean, it, it cleans up. Uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't really clean up. It's like uh, in this, it gets, it gets less extra. It can be like on five. It can be just like a really vibey, like, how do I say this? Low dynamic, dirty sound. Mm -hmm. If it's like scratchy, if that makes sense, it would be like something you wouldn't like play something beautiful on it or like something chimey on it, but you would play like a verse part on it where you like are strumming or you're picking or like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it can be low dynamic, but it's not going to be probably like your big hook. It's going to be like some fun stuff. Um, so. I like to use it in any sort of a part where it's like, hey, we just need like some space to be filled on this song, but it's like more rhythmic. And so, cause I'm not using it with a ton of effects usually cause it doesn't sound that good with verb and all that kind of stuff on it. Because there's so much like coming from the amp that that doesn't like verb well. Does that make sense? Yep. Kind of like just collapses a lot of, on it, itself. You need to put the yeah, verb after weird. all that business. Yeah, for sure. And or put it like in a room or something. And that sounds really cool. But it's definitely more of like a lower fi kind of thing. But it does come down from like super pushed. But like volume on 10, tone on 10 is like super cool. And it's the 1482 as well. So it's got this, it's got the tremolo that is the like pretty classic like silver tone style tremolo and it's just like real boxy and ba 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 and it's like that is a really cool thing to have on there as well so i use it a lot for um like doing baritone stuff oh yeah um but because you know those like jerry jones baritones are already so bright you can literally like just like blast your eardrum off if you accidentally pick one too hard. Um, so I'll put it in that and put that tremolo on it and like 
send it through a space echo or something and you're just like do you have a space echo the glory just starts coming down Mm -hmm. um i don't have a real one but so i'm like at the studio in downtown franklin this is this this is the shed studio b you're looking at it this is it it's a room um with some treatment and a screen and some speakers um and then my lunchbox and some pianos and stuff um but in the big room which is outside of this door and then there's like a little courtyard and then the big house and they have one of those uh who makes it it's called the tape fix I echo think fix echo fix yes yes retro, retro gear shop that's they a have- space echo yeah, yeah. I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm looking that up. I got to know what that is. I didn't know about that. It's the same thing as like the 201. Yeah. Or the 501. 201. 201. I think it's the I green. Know. Yes, the green one. Not this, not the one that I really want, which would be, which Park actually just got. We just recorded with a guy named Chad Copeland, some new colonial stuff down in Kansas, not Kansas City. I said that because I was looking right at your hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma City, south of Oklahoma City, Norman. And uh, he has, and we tracked a ton of guitars and bass through the chorus echo, like the, that's the 501, right? Right. And so the 201 would be the green one, uh, the tape delay. And so it's, but so yeah, at this, the room next door, they have one and it's awesome. So I'll run, I, I love to just go in there and snag it after I've done a session, come back in here and just print a handful of things through it. Cause that, that one, the, the echo fix or whatever has the spring reverb, but then it also has the did like a modded since they go through them and fix them, like make them super reliable and stuff. Um, he also puts a digital reverb on it. So you can put chorus, this coursing kind of digital reverb or the space echo like spring reverb thing on it. And then, so I'll just like come out of my Apollo and run a handful of tracks, print them through there and run them back in. And it's nice. I don't know either. Yeah, the, um, I love those chorus echoes because you, they, have a, they have a preamp. And so what's awesome is you put a bass into it and like you put this tiny bit of spring reverb and chorus on it, but it also like changes the, the sound of it because you're hitting a pre an analog pre mm. and it's so sick same kind of feel as like driving a memory man mm. similar I love that which those are amazing and i honestly need to get one i have been on craigslist every day trying to buy one for like two weeks and one the ones that you find people are ridiculous about the price of these things mm-hmm Someone's trying to charge me seven hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. One of these big box deluxe memory mans. So if you have a if you have a big box deluxe memory man that has the attached power cord, reach out to us. We we'd like to. Have I'll buy it for four hundred bucks, but not a not a not even a spec over four hundred dollars, and it better be perfect. <laughs> Including shipping. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Including shipping. Including shipping. Free shipping today. 
Amazon. Two-day two air only. Amazon Prime. And insurance. <laughs> <laughs> and I need a certificate of authenticity. Yes. And it had better have been in a non-smoking studio. No, it better say non-smoking. I love that. And I want the candy like comes in sweet, uh, you know, sweet water packages. Yeah. Like I, there better be something in there. So mints and some Smarties and a bit <laughs> of honey. Scotty, this has been great. We love that you jumped on with us. Yeah, guys. Thanks. I hope there's something worth listening to here. Oh, there's some lots. Fantastic. Um. I love you guys. I love what you do. And I, uh, besides that, I think you're really great humans. And I wish we were hanging out in real life. Me too. <laughs> <laughs>